What you, what you doing out in these streets, Lay Rue? What you doing out in these streets? What you doing out? What you, what you doing out? What you, what you doing out in these streets? What you doing out in these streets, Lay Rue? We in these streets! Stephen, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Um, thank you so much for also allowing me into your home to do this as well. Um, shout out to David. David recommended you. Yeah. I'm highly recommended from David, the most hated man in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to David. Um, before we talk about your, your current career in sports, I just want to talk a bit about how you grew up on the farm. Because um, that sounds very interesting to me. I've never met somebody who grew up on the farm, who lived the farm life. Um, so I just want to ask you, how was that, you know? In compare for me to um, come from Kimberley, the Northern Cape, I grew up there. So we had a farm about 35 kilometers um, outside of Kimberley. So we had a home as well on the farm and we had a home inside um, the city. So for me to grow up in a farm and that's learned me a lot of stuff from working working by yourself, solving problems by yourself, because if, if you're on a farm, um, there's some, sometimes no signal for a cell phone, so you have to figure things out by yourself. Yeah. So that learned me a lot from myself to be in a situation and to, how to get out of a situation. For just for example, um, we had like spring box and blaze box and uh, goats, that was that was the main goal we formed with goats. Just want to tell people this is not teens is referring to. You're not talking about the blow bill or the springbok. He's talking about actual animals here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, just for example, we we like to hunt. Um, that's yeah. That's a thing of every uh, young boy is growing up. Growing up on a farm, they love to hunt, and I'm one of those guys. So. Then one day we have just um, I went out to the f out on out on a hunting expedition by myself, and so we drove with the bucky and yeah, sh I shot the springbok and I had no knife. So you so, so the the thing is what happened is if you shoot the bucky you don't want them to lay the, the uh, you must get um yeah you want them you want to shoot them and you want them to die so. Um, so yeah, I, I went to into into the mountains. Um, um, grabbed a sharp, sharp, very sharp uh, stone, and yeah, we slaughtered him with with, with a stone. stone. So it yeah, I've never heard of that before. So yeah, that that's that's one of my things. You always have to make a plan when you're on your own, and that really learned me. If I if wow. I get into different situations how to make plans for myself or for my family as well. Wow. Uh, okay, do you hunt with the rifle normally? Yeah. The rifle. So, uh, where did you start learning to hunt? At a young age? Or? Yeah, uh, my father was, into, was always into hunting. So, I went a lot with him and saw things and saw stuff and how it works, how a gun normally works. Mm -hmm. It was very important. Um, for my mother and my father, I'm the only child as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my mother was very protective, and okay. my f and so my father's um, 
if there's a hunting for a weekend, I go with him, mm. I learn, he shows me stuff. And that's also for me a big thing these days from parents. If you want to take your child on a hunting expedition, show them, learn them. Don't just shoot the buck and throw it on. So go um, spend some time, learn um, where, where do you want to shoot the buck, learn how the rifle first, learn how a rifle works for safety reasons. There's, yeah, um, that's definitely one of the best things I can think of, yeah. To just keep learning every day. I'm still learning now. Exactly. So, yeah. I think like I think it's important. Like a lot of people are gonna frown upon the whole hunting aspect of it, but they don't understand how they how their food gets to the butcher, gets Definitely. to the shelves. You know, they don't understand that they they wanna they wanna turn a blind eye to the fact that <laughs> these animals are killed so that we can we can survive. You know, we can live. You know, the bride that you see. You know that that meat comes from somewhere, um, and just because somebody is doing it, um, you know you're obviously gonna eat the meat. You're not just doing it as a trophy. You're doing it to feed your family, to feed yourself. Um, people don't understand that. People, you know, there's a lot of animal rights activists out there. They wanna sort of um, say, you know, it's, it's not not okay, and they wanna, but they don't understand. They don't. They don't. They don't wanna take that that journey to understand that the food somehow some way has to get into that shelf and the process behind that they don't want to look at that yeah definitely um the process of the if you sh if if you went out and you shoot the buck it's it's uh it, it it lends you just for just not you take a life for uh like you yeah you like you should you just don't take a life for like i say for fun mm. You take it to provide families with food, mm. so that that that's very important for me as well. Um, if you're small, you're just seeing it killing. You don't understand the process, like you said. So it's for, it's very important to um, go through that ranking, like I can say, like that, um, to let your children learn that that's why we shoot the buck. That's um, for that's we use the meat for. So. When it gets bigger, you understand the process mm. from it's not just killing. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Um, I would like, I, I would like to hunt because then I know exactly how, because I know it's a wild animal because I know the, the animal's grazing the way it should graze, you know, and it's not farmed, it's not force fed nonsense. And then I know what I'm eating. It's, it's, it's proper, what do you say, grass-fed. It's proper free-range, you know. It's healthier, you know. Um, so I would like to get into that one day. Are you still hunting? No, not at the not moment, no. Um, yeah, we, we had a lot of rifles, but uh, there was... Um, the, the, the vet started to coming in. You must um, hand in your rifles if you don't write a test. It's... Uh, oh, wow. So yeah, we added our weapons in. We had uh, two hunting guns and a nine nine millimeter pistol. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah. So the laws are much stricter now. A lot. <coughs> a lot. It? Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Because it's also if if you hunt your own food, it also teaches you more appreciation for what you eat and there's more connection to the animal. Um, I'm sure it'll change your perspective and just. Going to the store and yeah, I'm 
100 rand sausage or whatever and yeah. putting it, you know, it makes a big difference. I'm sure your perspective on, you know, food and eating is completely different to mine because I never hunted before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what, what, what did you have to do on the farms, you know? Uh, okay. Um, your, your, our main, um, what we farmed with was um, goats. So we had, well, we had a lot of goats of let's say 400 500 that was that Yo. was our main main thing to do four to five hundred goats yeah Yo. <laughs> Yo. so okay for for me to every morning okay i, I was at that time let me say i wasn't that time still in school so i grew up with the whole farming process and how things work and always learning but I, every weekend I went with my father to the farms, sometimes um, school days, but I had a lot of sport to do as well and academics. And so, yeah, every weekend I couldn't wait to get out of school just to go on the farm and really? spend the whole weekend there. You loved it. It's freedom. Yeah. So it, it's, it's difficult for someone from the city never went on a farm just to go stay there. Because uh, for me, it was also, you, you're a young kid um, in a city, so you a lot of sports people around you. Uh, I'm, I was getting, at that time, a lot of private coaching, so I never, I was, um, I was very busy during um, the week. So for me, the freedom there on weekends was just amazing. Mm -hmm. You can just do what you want to do. Um, but yeah, to get back to you on, like I grew up with the goats, um, goats are very, they are naughty animals. <laughs> they are very naughty animals. So <laughs> Why? what do they do? Goats is like, uh, if you have a small hole, um, in your fence, like for example, if one goes out, the rest follows. Really? So that was a big thing for me on the farm. I, uh, my father put me in charge to, to uh, watch the fences. If there's something, <laughs> if the goats go out, it's my problem. Yeah. I must watch the fences. And it was very difficult at the time because we had jackals. And they, and they come into our farms and, yeah, they, they take the lambs and they eat the lambs. So, it's, sure. yeah. Just, just, just to go back to the to the goats being naughty. If if they were if they were to escape, how do you get them back in the farm though? Okay, let let for example, a hundred goats get out, uh, but if one goes out, the rest follows. So <laughs> um, we usually we usually go on horses. Okay. Uh, we have yeah, we had workers as well uh, okay. work on the farm, so we will take two to four horses, and yeah, uh, it's like. Two, two at the back and two at the sides, and then you just keep oh, okay. the gotcha, So gotcha. if one goes back in again, the rest mm. follows. Mm. So, so you would corral them all around, like well, basically flank them. Yeah, left exactly. And right get them yeah. into a channel to go in back in the farm. Gotcha. Yes. I see yeah. in the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, you, so, the, so the one challenge you had was also the predators, like the jackals coming in and... Yeah, the jackals, and we had um, roycutter. That's quite—it's like it's a, a big cat. Is it? Yeah. No. So, for us uh, to control it, 
was always um, we had a cage and we put sardines in it. It's just sardine smells yeah. in the sun. So tremendously. <laughs> so yeah. So um, they they like the smell of it. The mm. the roy cats. So they they will. You will never see them, but at night, you, if you can watch it from a distance with binoculars, and then for me, it was fun to do. Really? So you so see the predator, yeah. So you see it goes um, into the uh, the cage. It's like yeah, a fang hawk. So okay, gotcha. That they went in. Um, yeah, it, it has a little stand like this, and it's the... The, the fang hook is quite big, so if he goes in, he, he steps on this and, it, and then the gate oh, behind him closes. <clears throat> so yeah, we caught a lot of them um, just to control, control them. Um, it's, quite, it's quite a nice animal. There's, I know of uh, my friends catch the one as a baby. And yeah, and they feed him, and he grew up with them. But you, you and me can't go in if he's in the house. He only, he uh, only one person or two person on that samutom can go, and that's yeah. So he's very protective. He became very protective. Yeah, I was. If if he's a man and a man and his wife, he will protect them. Wow. He grew up with them. They wow. feed him. So they domesticated him like this wild animal, like that. Yeah. Yo, that's heavy. It's the same like 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 dogs. People don't understand like dogs is a is a descendant of a wolf. Like we domesticated this creature to become our pets, and it evolved or devolved. <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but into a a house animal, you know, a pet. So. It's crazy. It's crazy to see something like that that still happens. Yeah, and yeah, for jackals, um, we had you had a desk like a CD you put in your in your bucky, and yeah. at night, uh, then you just you just play the CD. It's that CD is calling the other jackals. <laughs> so, what what was it? Was the jackal callings or was yeah it? yeah really? So <laughs> what? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> so what do you do is you you must be so silent you can't move in the bucky you must uh we usually use mud to camouflage the bucky oh everything you, so, you guys went to that extremes yo. so you know there was never a dull moment they wow. on the farm yeah wow. okay so you had goats i, I think you actually sheep as well right yeah we not we wasn't so big on sheep because predators, mm-hmm. uh, if you take a goat, a, a goat um, will more. It will try to protect okay. the, the little one, the lamb or some. Okay. Sheep, <clears throat> they has no horns, mm-hmm. so it's very difficult yeah. for them. So we, we had a few, but we had it for ourselves to, okay. yeah, gotcha. to have meat and gotcha. stuff. Yeah. The goats, you use it for the milk. No, no, our goats were um, we. My, my father's friend had a big truck, so our goats <clears throat> went to Durban, KZN. Okay. The Zulus there, yeah. they love goat meat. Really? They love wow. goat meat. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Okay, I, I, would, I would imagine it was for the, for the milk, but wow, that's oh, interesting. We, we didn't produce milk at all. You also mm-hmm. make, you can make cheese out of it. Or yes, goat. yes. I've so, no, we, we haven't done that. We yeah, only, yeah. yeah uh, 
Just focus on the meat aspect of it. Yes. And what other animals did you guys have? Um, that was only the sheep, goats, and yeah, springboks, blastboks, and kudus as well. Oh, kudus as well, yeah. But kudus, we didn't bought them. Kudus like to jump fence. Oh. You can put very high fence, then it's getting very expensive if you go electric fencing high up. Oh. It's getting very expensive. But we only had normal fence. So oh. all the way from both sides of our farm, we had normal fence. So from our um, other farms around us at Kudu. So they will come jump the fence, then they in our land, and that's legal. You you allowed to shoot them if they're on your land. Okay. So, okay. but you're <coughs> not allowed to shoot in their farm over okay. the fence. So if it's, yeah. That makes sense. Um, you had horses as well, right? Yeah. And how, at what age did you start learning to ride horse? Um, I started like six years old, mm -hmm. starting uh, horse riding. I felt off when I was seven, I felt badly off the horse. Really? Uh, hurt myself, nothing broke, but like a big uh, head concussion and stuff sure. like that. So I was very angry. I never wanted to ride the horse again. I'm a young boy. I play rugby. I do all sports, but the, the horse was a you know, little bit too much for me. What, what happened in the incident? Was the horse startled or did he lose control? No, um, you <coughs> must... Our horses were farm horses. Mm. So a farm horse is a little bit more wilder than the horses. Uh, like you go on, yes, lots of farms here in Cape Town as yes, well around yes. with horses. Now that horses is trainly at an everyday train. Mm. Our horses isn't trained. Mm. So you just get on and you go. So no saddle or saddle? No, no saddle. We'll pay back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the so, way it was intended. <laughs> yeah, so oh that's the thing. Um that's why it's it's definitely a little bit more difficult um to ride just a normal farm horse. Mm. If you work every day with a farm horse, it will be probably more than the same that you get the, the um, manners, uh, okay. like the manners will be better. Mm. Yes. But yeah, it's it's quite difficult to spend a lot of time for horses. They, they, um, the income of money is nothing. So that's yeah. your time you're spending with them. So I usually will more spend it with, with goats. So okay. yeah, goats, it's not a lot of admin, but there is to it. Uh, you have to inject them for for uh, say, uh, for sickness okay. in the fields and mm. stuff. And yeah, we had uh, if if you just can think to inject like three hundred of them or four hundred, but you, we don't do it on one day. Okay. So it takes okay. take time to do all of them, yes. but. It's quite hard work, yeah. Really? To do it. Did you did you use the horses basically to control other animals, or was it a way of transport as well? Or more than, yeah, more for transporting, yeah, okay. and it keep them fit as well. Mm. The the horses, okay. the horses getting lazy if you don't ride them. Really? They they are energy, but they also need to they need get, to yeah. exercise. Exactly. Yeah, I you know I love horses. They are majestic animals. You know, beautiful. But I'm so scared of falling. I'm so scared. 
To like, yeah, like a riding horse. Yeah, if you're going to a horse farm, mm-hmm. that horses will be perfect to ride. They're getting a lot of work. Mm-hmm. They, the owners are working with them. They use them a lot, so it it won't be that bad. Nah. To go ride that horse. <laughs> like I, I did this one commercial, right? Um, and the one, the scene that I had to do was uh, getting onto a horse, and but they they asked me if. Have I ever been on a horse? And I said, no, I have no experience. But they took me anyway to do this commercial. <clears throat> so we got there and I got on this horse and they had to teach me things and how to get on the horse and <laughs> to teach me that. They had to teach me how to, you know, come on the horse to move and that kind of thing. But it was so intimidating because there's another creature that you're sitting on top of it. You have no control over it. It has a mind of its own. Like you could run or jump or, or you know and and the the horse was fine at first when i got on top of the horse for the scene but the moment the horse realized that there were so many people around and there were all these cameras and then the horse started getting you know unnerved and unsettled and then it told everybody like anybody doesn't have to be here just leave because <laughs> the horse is getting a bit but that's anxious. but that's a thing um Oh, was the horse before in a scene ever? Did he I don't not, think so. You see, so he so. doesn't... Not used to it. Yeah, definitely yeah, not used yeah, to it. But uh, it was a funny experience. My first time on a horse, I always wanted to be on a horse, so I ticked that bucket list at least. You know? yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was fun. <coughs> <laughs> what, other, what other chores did you have on the farm? The? Other chores did you have? Like, for example... Like, um, I don't know, manage the stables or... Oh, uh... Yeah, for me, was it uh, manage all the goats? Uh, you have your um, rama and oya. Mm-hmm. So, if you if you take your your rams, for example, like let's say there's ten of them, and you had one ram can um, can uh, one ram can swerve thirty to forty oya deck. Sure. So. You usually use your best rams um, and you must manage that quite very carefully. So the thing is um, that one ram gives you, like I said, let's say, for example, f- uh, 30 lambs. If it, but you're paying for that ram because um, it's by fruchtbar. Okay, so the semen and all that stuff, it, you must manage at all of that. Really, the semen as well. Yeah, because uh, you also get rams that doesn't give you so of you know, so much beautiful lambs that you can go on with it. Ah. So yeah, mm. so for me to manage that, if he, like you said, it's, it's very expensive for mm. a high class ram, and we we protect that ram like a baby. Mm. Really, because if you, for example, if you pay like 20,000 for him, 30,000, so it's a lot of money. So, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, you must, under it, my thing is, I also must make sure his injections is right, Mm. everything. That was more than my main goal to to run the whole farm. Okay. Okay, Mm. but that's still in school, but after Mm. school, it changed a lot. Changed a lot, yeah. I, um, have you ever milked a cow? Yeah, a lot, yeah. What is that like? 
Oh, that's lucky. Yeah, I was yeah. on TV and the dude. I always wanted to experience, but that was like. Was no, we all, we always make fun with my mother. She's standing near and just. So I just uh, wait and see. Then she's cross and stuff. Yeah, we were like laying under the the cows and just. Really? But it's not recommended. It isn't tested. So milk okay. is always being tested, so but be for. Tested. But for us, we just... But what is it? Okay, what is, okay, you obviously had milk from the store and you had milk straight from the, the udders, right? Yes. So what, what, is, what is the difference like? What is the taste? It's still warm when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> no microwave required. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's the freshest you can get it. Really? But so, some of the cows are sick, but we, we never had cows that were sick with milk. So... Okay. It was quite, yeah. But it tastes liquor. Is a big difference. Yeah, it's uh, it's like it's creamy. It's, oh. Yeah, it's very very nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it was an amazing life to be on the farm. Do you miss it? Yes, I do. Uh, for me to uh, uh, to come into a big city like us, Kimberley isn't so big. Mm. So it's mm. literally the whole Kimberley's, I think, a little bit smaller square Fontaine. So oh. Kimberley is not so big. But, um, yeah, when, uh, okay, after school then, I, I went uh, to be, like, full-time on the farm, stay there, um, sleep there. Really? And, yeah, and uh, work, then every, every responsibility became, now my father was just sliding out of it, and I was just oh, coming well, now in. over. But that's the thing, I've learned it from a young age mm. to go with him, see what he's doing, how yes. things work again. Um, so yeah, I was taking over. But about a year after that, um, something about two, four, two, three farms away from us, we had a farm murder. And um, so the, the thing about mm. for my mother was it wasn't safe for me. I'm my only child and stuff. And so, yeah, um, my father was, yeah, so, sold the farm. And like was immediately or how long after that incident? No, it was about two to three months. Yes. Is yeah. it? My mother, she doesn't sure. want me to stay on the farm for my protection. Yeah. So it was quite... Sorry, man. Quite a sad moment, but yeah, for safety reasons, because it's so for every farm in South Africa, it's so expensive to now you must put up gates, electric fencing. It's it's money, but your safety you mm. have to do it. And the thing is, uh, you're alone there, and my nearest uh, beerman was about eight k's from me, ten k's. So. So yeah. you're literally on your own. Um, yeah. Yo. Yo. Sheesh. Yeah, that's quite tough. Yo, man. Okay, so at the time, right, um, after that one farm murder that, um, that what, what was about two or three farms away, um, like, were they, was that the time when all of this was going on and it was at the peak of all these farm murders and... I won't say the peak of the farmers. I will say that was in the in the start when Easy. it started happening, because yeah, after three months, 
again, a farmer that was reported um, about 15 kilometers from us. So it, it was starting. Yeah, how, so, long, how long ago was this? Sheesh, uh, it was 2000, I'm not for it was 2000, I'm not 100, but 2012, 2012. 2012. Oh, okay, so it's quite a while ago. Yeah, no, it's a long time ago. Yeah. So you probably were heartbroken that, you know, this dream of yours to take over the farm. Well, yeah, for me, it was nice to have a farm and you know always you don't have to do it full time, but you have just, if you have the, like I say, if you have the right mindset, like you can manage a farm and this, and the business at your own time. So, but for me, I, I wouldn't say it was devastated, but I was definitely sad about it. So, yeah. Would you, would you like to have a farm one day again? To, to, to live on the farm, or just to show what Just to live on like. the farm, but not to work on the farm. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's very hard work. You know, for example, um, for all the guys going to America, there's a lot of young guys I going there. Yes. yes. So if you go there, it's very, it's tough. Yes, it's tough. They, they see you as a worker, mm-hmm. not you just come there to enjoy, see America. You're there to work. work yeah. So I don't know if there's guys that really want to go. Your mindset must be 100% right. You're mm-hmm. going there to work. You're yeah. not going to see many places. Mm-hmm. You're going to make you're gonna make money, definitely. It costs the rent and oh, dollars. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, it's not expensive <clears throat> for you because I know the farmers there, uh, they, they, some of the farmers there pay for your flight mm-hmm. to come of you or you pay your flight sell, um by your own, and if you come there, they, they just refund you. They just pay your flight back, and they need, they need to work. I, I know somebody, right, who recently, they told me they were going to go to America to live, work on the farm and live on the farm. And a few days before we had to leave to get on this flight, he got an email from the, from the farmer just saying, I no longer require services, thank you. That's sure. it. So all that money, because he, he quit his job here, to go over there, he, <coughs> he had to go to pay for his own flights and he lost all of it just because of this farm. A few days before the flight says, no, I have enough people, I no longer require your services, thank you. Okay, it's very important <clears throat> as well for, there's something I know in your contract that you must go look up. Um, I'm not 100% sure because my mother-in-law is working with this, with mm. the farmers oh, going overseas. Okay. So. I don't know which company you've mm. done it through. If you do it on your own, oh, that's harsh. There's nothing. No, he, but if he you had do an it, agency, but I'm not sure who it was with you. Yeah, I must go look at a contract. Mm. There. I'll, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. Because yeah, because at least he said he, he managed to get his old job back. Okay. So yeah. He's back on his feet again. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But he was obviously a bit down because he looked looking forward to this mm. experience for a long time. And but yeah. Okay, so it sounds like. You like you lived in Smallville, Clark Kent, <laughs> and now you're moving to Metropolis, <laughs> to Cape Town, to the big city for the first time. So how was it adjusting to this? And how did you go from, from Clark Kent, Smallville guy, living on the farm, to now into sports, being a sports coach? Because I, I um, Dave, David said that you also play semi-pro cricket as well, right? Yeah. So how did all that transition over? 
Okay, it was always a dream for me, um, I'm st and I'm still working on my dream. Um, so, yeah, when I came here to the adjustment, was, yo, this place is big, and I'm used to a small place. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a big adjustment, but I always had the passion to work with kids mm. and see, go through the ranks, uh, like I coached like a um, grade one kid and some days he's playing for Western Prime. That's also oh, a dream. Wow. So, yeah, um, the, the roots is there. Like I put it in him and he just grew up. Yes. So for me, it's like I have very, very passion about sport. Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So cause that, that passion's always been there, right? Yeah. Okay, so you you played cricket, semi-pro cricket for which, for which province? Cricket. Krikos. Oh wow, Krikos. Okay. Interesting, Krikos. Okay. Um, so, why did you stop playing? I wanted to be more into coaching. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a lot of my friends are um, still play, uh, plays for the Proteas now. No. So, um, yeah, it's like uh, my school was Northern Cape, then Kimberley. So, Riza Hendricks ah. still plays for the Proteas, played with him for a very long time. Really? And and Diego Rosia. Yes. And um, yeah, those kind of and oh. Gian Clute. Okay. So interesting. So yeah, that was it was quite nice. Um, played played games a lot against David Miller, mm. Wayne Parnell, yeah, so all Wayne of those well. guys. Yeah, so. man. So because you focus more on the coaching because you wanna you wanna help develop kids yeah. to play. At the full potential. That's interesting. Um, which which sports do you focus on? Cricket and rugby. Oh, summer, uh, it's cricket, but they, I do also private coaching. So okay. that goes not at the moment now, but I do. I'm more focused now on rugby. Okay. But there's a lot of kids who don't play rugby, just want to do cricket. So yeah, I, I sort them out. So we <laughs> we worked we work through through the winter seasons. Okay. Do you, do you, are you focusing on clubs or schools or no schools? Schools is it? Yeah. Is it? Schools. What what is your favorite to coach though? Like for example, rugby or cricket. Yeah, yeah. At the if, if you have to choose, <laughs> it's it's so difficult. But yeah, um, at the moment I have much more knowledge. In cricket, so mm. I will go with my gut. Then I will say cricket, cricket. because of knowledge of okay. the game. Yeah. Okay. What's your biggest challenge coaching kids these days? Because I'm sure you mentioned off mic earlier with regards to kids not wanting to play outside. They just want to be on the Xbox or Playstations, and they don't want to. Okay, I get it that it's also a bit dangerous to play outside. They can't like we used to play cricket and soccer in the streets and on the field and. You know, but it's a bit dangerous now. Things have changed. It's not so safe for kids to be outside. But kids are generally not wanting to even play sports at schools. So, so what challenges do you face? For me, it's um, like you at, uh, let's say, uh, um, with primary school kids. The challenge for me is getting motivated. Mm. They're still young. So, like gonna go back with the roots you you started under seven you want to do rugby for me is um if you if you know your child isn't good in rugby just just let him play rugby it's also for him just to enjoy it yeah. you don't have to make a life out of it so just enjoy it um 
motivationless kids, I don't know what's happening in their homes. So if they come to a rugby practice or match, you can see something is not right there. So it's for me to working um, in the heads with no, them. That's interesting. So yeah, I, I know my kids. Mm. So you know when they're feeling a bit off and, and yeah, something happened. And for me, is um, I don't want to find out. It's personal for them. Yes. And but. I just want to get him over it, to forget about it. Let's go. Let, let's focus what we're we doing now. Later on, if you want to talk to me, I'm a coach. So usually stuff comes out. I'm not asking for to talk about it. If they want to talk to me, I'm there for them. And that's also the bond with them. If they know, yes, I can talk with my coach and he will give me advice. So it's also, that's why I say every day for me is still a living curve. Mm. I, Every day, and that's also I teach my daughter never stop learning, mm. never ever stop learning. It, it's interesting. So it's not just with regards to the technical abilities or the skills; it's also psychology as well behind yeah, it. Definitely. And back when I played sports in school, that was never discussed. You know the psychology, and nobody asked you, "Are, are you okay today?" You know, it's just mm. okay. It's practice, guys. You know, let's do let's focus on this and this and this. So it's interesting that. The shift into psychology, and, and it's so important because there's a lot of like fighters as sports as sports psychologists now, and you know to talk about getting into the mind of the athlete and just to uh, unleash their full potential because they might be holding themselves back. So it's good to see that you know even in schools in our schools that this is also a, a practice um, that we're doing as well. That's good, man. Yeah, um, that the, the thing is. <sighs> Just for example, we're doing tackling on the day and you see the guy normally never tackle so softly and go in like this. And that you say there's guys like bullies, it happens in schools, it happens. And uh, yeah, one of the Oaks came to me over and said, coach, no. And afterwards, one of the school guys picked him up and just dumped him on his shoulder. So, yeah. For me, it's just to go saying to him, um, okay, then you must go to the office and they will sort you out. Um, but you, it's just that small thing. Mm -hmm. That's for a coach. For all the coaches out there, for me, it's just to, you, you must try to coach every kid to enjoy sport. Mm -hmm. If And for me, it's... Oh, Parents are putting so much pressure on kids. They don't... He's just there because his parents want him to be there. He doesn't want to be there. So you feel pressure. And, it's, and I see it a lot. So for me, it's, let him go do athletics. Mm -hmm. He will enjoy it. He don't want to play rugby, but his parents are pressuring him. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's a very... From every cricket, rugby, tennis, anything... Never pressure your child to do something. If he wants to do it, he will be better. If you're going to pressure him, he's, one day he's going to say, when he's bigger, I don't want to do it. And then, yeah. then it's too late because you, you wasted five, six years to pressure him to do something and you think he's going to be good in it. Then it's too late. Mm, yeah, man. It's, I've seen that a lot. I've seen, <coughs> seen that a lot Sorry. where parents have... Parents... Parents live through their kids, so they tell them, okay, I couldn't do this, so you're going to make it. 
So you're going to play now and you're going to make me proud in this type of way instead of just letting them explore and find out what they're good at and letting them do what they enjoy. And then you never know what they could achieve. That, that, that's a main goal. There is... <clears throat> For yeah, if if your kid is a big boy, looks like a rugby player. If he wants to play piano, let him play yeah. piano. He's enjoying it. He has talent to yes. do it. So after school, he can go into a band or something. Mm. You never know. You never know. Because but that's the thing. If you pressure, keep pressuring children to go in a sport, and I don't want to be there. You're wasting your kids. Um, potential and I'll say a little bit of his life as mm. well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so cricket's the main one, but you love rugby as well. Did you play rugby? Yeah. Is it which which position? I played everything. I played flank, eighth man, wing, inside <laughs> center. Yeah, I played. Really? Wow. Um, so that obviously played into the coaching as well aspect. Yeah. And um, what do you? Okay, I don't know if you know, or I'm sure you're aware, um, a lot of research has come out now about concussions um, with regards to rugby, and which was never looked at before. How do you manage that? How do you talk to kids when it comes to possible concussions and getting injured and life after rugby? You know, talking, having that talk with them for longevity. Okay, most important from primary school to high school rugby is, as a coach, you must learn them to tackle safely. There is not, you can't just go play rugby these days and just go tackle. There, there's a safe way and there's a wrong way. And it's so difficult for us as coaches to work with the, the smaller kids. You, you have kids like they, they can't sit at one place and they're um, not concentrating what they're doing. So if, if practice comes, we explain it. We all the details with them how to tackle safe. We want you guys to be safe because you're quite you're still small and we don't want concussions and back injuries and neck injuries and all that stuff. But most important, we as coaches also going through to warm them up properly. Mm-hmm. If you don't gonna warm up, you're gonna f- have a nasty tackle, nasty fall. That. That will reflect on the coach, but the kids, you get kids that just play around, they don't listen. Mm. So it's that, that's the difficult aspect for me is like just go to them and say, you guys are going to get injured because you don't listen. I want you to warm up properly. Mm. Let's start there first. Okay, and then we're going to uh, play a match or something. But just to get back to concussion, what you said is proper tackle. See a lot of guys um, entry level, they they land the kids to tackle only like with one shoulder. The safe way with one shoulder. The most important is tackle both ways. Is it? With your left shoulder and your right shoulder. Oh, okay. And your in your head must be just past them. Um, yeah. I can't stand up now and show yes. but, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. please don't tackle me. Yeah. <laughs> please don't tackle me. <coughs> <laughs> so um yeah and the it it just in a safe way if you have your head in the wrong place at the wrong time your knee can eat the head that's concussion yes if your head is not past your hip you eat mm. the hip it's concussion mm. so from primary rugby to be safe talk with your kids 
make sure they listen mm. and they're concentrating. It's difficult. The boys will be boys. Yeah, so boys will it's be boys. difficult. Yeah. So, but we're trying our best. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you wanted to keep it short and sweet. I've got a thousand and four questions more. But, um, but yeah, uh, guys, if, if you're upset that this is just short, it's not me, it's not me. <laughs> and I'm, but I'm sure there are people out there who are thankful that it's a short one. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, do you have any, any messages for any kids out there um, with regards to farm life, to coaching sports, to playing sports, any, anything you want to... No, I, I will end off with, um, again... If you have a passion for something, go all out and do it. Never let anyone, anyone tell you you can't do it. And remember, parents, don't pressure, pressure your child. Um, they also have their own thing they want to do with, with passion. So, yeah, just uh, enjoy life and be safe. Thank you so much. Well said. And... Um Thank you. I appreciate this so much. Thank you Thank so you, much. Man. Thank you, man. Thank you. What you, what you doing out in these streets, Slay Rule? What you doing out in these streets? What you doing out? What you, what you doing out? What you, what you doing out in these streets? What you doing out in these streets, Slay Rule? We in these streets!